And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this week's releases of comics. We're talking DC Comics, Marvel Comics, Indie Comics. Uh, for those of you who don't know, DC Comics get released every Tuesday. Marvel and Indies come out every Wednesday. And we're here on a Thursday, July 21st, 2022, just in case you were confused what year it is. July 21st, 2022, to talk about this week's releases. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And uh, I'm, it's not just, you know, what I've read, because that would be a fairly short show. I read a good amount this week, but it would be a shorter show than it is because I have two awesome guests, two awesome guests that I haven't seen in forever. So I'm not no. only like just like hyped on like life stuff. I'm also hyped because like you two are back. We got Joel <laughs> Prentice, a.k.a. the G.I. Joel. Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dimitri. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, man. I feel like I haven't done this in a, in a bit, but glad yeah. to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, um, it's like, but you got bronchitis now. That's a, that's a big change. <laughs> uh, what, what's, what's your comic book journey been like in the last however many months? Um, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, just, you know, plugging away at my, uh, my store and everything. I've had a lot of stuff come up in, you know, my, the rest of my life. So I've been real busy, um, with other stuff. Haven't been able to be as consistent with some things like where I'm making content and everything like that, that I've been wanting to, but um, <clears throat> doing my best to stay on top of my reading, doing my best to keep fulfilling orders for customers and all that stuff. So yeah, just been, been real busy. I feel like everybody on the show is so busy with one thing yeah. or another. And I mean, I mean, that, that's been, that's great. Cause I'm super appreciative that you guys take time out of your day to do this. Uh, but then also I know I'm getting like top level talent here, you know, on the show. <laughs> you guys are all busy like, doing your things. The scary part is, is that a lot of it is, is that we're also getting older. And no, that's true. Like, no. like the reality of like uh, life no. comes up and we're just like, I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. Like now my life has been like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you have the summers off. I'm like, no, I have literally like doctor's appointments and I, yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> the worst. All your all your years worth of doctor's appointments, you're like, I'll do it in the summer. You know, that'll be a good time. <laughs> you know, the hospital is AC'd. So, you know, it's probably better off. Um, if you're watching the live stream, you can see exactly who these people are and uh, what their names are and their social media. Uh, if you're watching our live stream, it's on volume.com or twitch.tv or youtube.com. All of them slash the Keeg Show. Um but if you're not watching the live stream and you're listening to the podcast, you were like, okay, I know Dimitri, he introduced himself. I know Joel, he introduced himself. But who was that other rando person just like hopped on the podcast talking? That's Ambrosia Kep, a.k.a. Cupcakes. Ambrosia, you doing good? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well. That's good. That's good. It's also been a while since you've been on the show. I know. Uh, I don't remember the last, I think it was like in March. I don't, I don't, yeah, I think, April, I, I think it was in March or April, and that weirdly is a long time ago, I don't know, yeah. but also, yes, yeah. you know what I mean, like, it's weird. I hate time. Time, yes, our worst time. enemy. Um, speaking about time, I want to know what you guys read this week. By the way, what's the, what's the actual terminology for, like, is it a pull list? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What was on your pull list this week? It was, but is pull list what you buy or is it what you like? Does it also mean what you read? Because you could have a big pull list and only read like three of them. Yeah, but right. the, the, your weekly subscription, as mm. it were, it's called a pull list. Okay. So All right. The term. Yeah. What'd you guys read this week? Joel, take it away. 
Yeah. Um, so I read Grimm from Boom Studios, issue mm. number three. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, issue number one from Marvel. Uh, and then from Image, Do a Powerbomb, issue number two by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, and then a new series from Image called Rogues Gallery. Ooh. And then an also another new series from IDW Originals is what they're calling it. Dark Spaces Wildfire. So, okay. Good reads. Heavy on the indie this week. Yeah. Yeah, you were. You gave me your list earlier and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Artiste over yeah. there. <laughs> are, you a, are you a comic me. hipster? You're not a comic hipster. I, I mean, I think I might be. I just the more like indie publishers I have on my uh, on my my list, the better I feel about myself. So I, yeah. I might be a bit of a of a hipster when it comes to it. <laughs> That's fair. That's hey, fair. I also feel like the longer that you've been into comics, and this is no hate to anyone at all, mm -hmm. but like there comes to a point where like you've read so much from like the big two that it's kind of a nice break to hear yeah. like different storylines that aren't like that you don't for one you don't need a ton of like background knowledge on um and for two it's very um some of the stories are just like very different than what you would typically read from marvel yeah. yeah 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 um although i read a lot of dc and marvel i i feel like i get my recommendations from you guys for for indie comics because i don't kind of like video games if a video game isn't like an ip that i know mario or a Marvel Spider-Man type video game or whatever, I'm not jumping into that video game because that's a mm -hmm. lot of time and effort to play a game. And then I realize, oh, I didn't like it. So I feel like the same applies to indie comics. I'm like, I want the recommendations from you guys. Um, you, and you I, know what I usually tell it. people when it comes to indies specifically is like, if you read something Marvel DC related or from a big publisher, even image at this point, isn't really a, as indie as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> but if you read something, and something really stuck out to you, like the writing or the art, look at who did it and then find other stuff that that person did. And that's like the easiest way to get into indies. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's, yeah, uh, to get into indies, writers, artists, but comic books in general, writers, artists, characters, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if, if you know, if you want to, like Rogue on X-Men, she jumps around from team to team. If you like yeah. Rogue a lot, just follow, just jump to a new team when she jumps, right? Yeah. Things like from that. like X Force or Hellions, wherever she's at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's all over the place. Uh, a lot of the X Men are, which yeah. I, I love my yeah. X Men. Um, but yeah, those are those are all great ideas. Um, and I'm glad I have you, Joel, to uh, to throw out those indie recommendations. Uh, glad to do it. Yeah, uh, Ambrosia, what do you got? What do you got this Hi. week? Um, this week I read a lot of Marvel, actually. Um, so I read Miles Morales, uh, issue number 40, mm. Darth Vader, issue number 25, Star Wars, issue number 25, She-Hulk, issue number 5. Mm. Um, I started Venom, Legal Protector. Um, I didn't get to finish it. <laughs> um, let's see, I read Gwenverse, issue number 4. Um, I, am, uh, I started Han Solo and Chewie, um, Silver Coin, um savage spider-man oh actually i didn't read spider Spider. uh i wanted to I okay get to. um defenders beyond uh i wanted to read one. that i didn't get to read it um it was fun okay and then um i wanted to read oh um 
I read She Bites um, by, by, blah, 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 by Scout Comics and uh, blah, blah, blah. things. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That is um, a new independent comic book company. <laughs> Scout Comics? They're very abstract. I heard Scout Comics uh, hires only the best people. That's what I heard. Um, I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, those are those are great polls. Um, I read, and I'm surprised nobody read AXE Judgment Day. Um, it's the Avengers X Men Eternals crossover for yeah. like, AVX wasn't big enough for Marvel. They're like, let's throw another yeah. team in there. Um, yeah. So we got. Uh, I read AXE Judgment Day number one. There was Eve of Judgment that came out. I think last week or the week before. Um, yeah, before uh, Avengers uh, 58, I read uh, She Hulk number five, I read Miles Morales number 40, and then on the DC side, uh, I read Artemis Wanted number one, which I'm not sure if it's a one shot. I think it's a one shot. I'll, I have some thoughts about that. Flash 784, Blood, Blood Syndicate number three, uh, Nightwing 94, uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice two, DC versus Vampires All Out War number one. And uh oh, and Black Adam 2 and Batman the Night number seven. I love that we all read like such a variety of things this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um stuff. So I mean, those are good. There, there's a lot that we can pull from uh to talk about. Um, but I want to know just to start off this show, what were your what was your pick of the week? Oof. Who wants to go I'm first? Still, I, I mean, I can go I'll first. I'll let Ambrosia go first on this one. Oh. I, I'm, I'm going to decide. Am, in the Ambrosia has to wait or wants to wait. No, she I, can I go first. She can no. go first. Yeah. Oh, you or have you yours already, first, Jimmy? Yeah. All right, All right. You go here. All right. Um, so mine is going to be, okay. I, I, I wasn't sure whether it was going to be Batman the Night number seven or Nightwing 94. They were both amazing. I always pick Nightwing, but this week I am going to choose just for, just for, they were equal, but I'm going to choose Batman the Night number seven. Um, Batman the Night is, I think it's, is it 12 issues? It's a 12 issue uh, kind of mini series about ba- uh, Bruce Wayne's time before he becomes Nightwing. So it's all about him training. So every couple issues he goes, just goes to a new mentor. Oh, yeah. Trains, he trains with a new mentor. Series, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I I left off on like issue number four, but mm. I loved that series. Well, I started to enjoy that series so much. Yeah. yeah. Um it's written by Chip Zadarsky, right? Yeah. And and he's writing dude's on fire right now. Yeah, he's <laughs> writing Daredevil and he's writing Batman, and he's finishing yeah. up Batman the Night right now. So he's basically like, writing three Batman stories. Right. Oh. Uh he's also <laughs> writing public domain, right? People yep, have that, that was really good too. Yeah. Or, or though does writing What's New Burn and Stillwater. Is he writing all of Stillwater? These? Yeah. Yeah, he Man. has he has Newborn. Just that image, he has Newburn, um, Stillwater, and I think he's been doing he does Silver Coin every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other one that we just mentioned? Uh public domain, which yeah. was like amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. the fact that like he writes this much and then he writes like Silver Coin's an anthology series, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's done a couple issues on that one. I, think. I, I wonder if he just like wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like, I got a silver coin idea, writes out a couple, because it's what, probably a couple pages long. Just like uh, hammer. Yeah, it's about like uh, anywhere from like three to five ish. Okay. So he like hammers it out in an hour, two hours, and then goes back to sleep. I'm sure he just like knocks out short stories like that. You know? 
Um, yeah, he's he's on fire right now. Yeah, he's having he, a moment. I mean, he's he's one of my top artists right or uh, 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 writers right now. Um, and the artist, I don't know who the artist is on the Batman the Dark Knight or Batman the Night, but uh, they're really good. This issue was about Bruce training with Zatara. Nice. Yes, and I nice. think it's, I think it's just this issue because in the previous issues, the mentors last two to three issues. This yeah. issue, it's just like a one shot kind of thing. Um, but we have Zatanna and Bruce and their like young romantic relationship. Uh, and then we have Zatara. And nice. uh, it's it's really cool. And it really answers like, why doesn't Batman use magic? He trained literally under a magician, an actual sorcerer. Why doesn't he use magic? So it goes into that. And Chip Zdarsky uh, puts a lot of time and effort into um, the reasoning why. And I think I it's really say, good. Did, do, we, do we find the reason? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I need there's to a get couple. Back on there's a couple reasons they throw in there, but there's like a big reason. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I need to jump onto that. Yeah. It's a really great series. <clears throat> it's super I'm like good. an issue behind. I didn't read this newest one, so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I forget what the last issue was, but um, they've all been good. And Anton, Anton is Ghostmaker right like that's what i think they've been oh yeah 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 he tied that back in which is interesting yeah um because i was a little bit i like i enjoyed when they introduced his character in the main batman run Mm -hmm. um even though it kind of like fizzled out for me at the end of that first story arc yeah um but so i'm glad that he's reusing him and stuff so i think that'll be interesting especially he pulls him back over into the current you know one that he's doing that he just started last week or week before last Ghostmaker is running Batman Incorporated right now. And I don't know if they have oh, plans. I don't know if they have plans for a series or not, but. Uh, <clears throat> well, I have his first appearance, so hopefully they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gave my mom like a quick crash course in like the, the comic book bust, like boom and bust of the 90s. Yeah. And like she was like, what's a speculator uh, th- uh, market? And I was like, oh, I'll tell you. And yeah. so let me yeah. show you my ways, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell like she understands the economics of it, but like yeah. the specifics of comic books itself, no. But you know, it's just like any other any other type of uh, industry. Um yeah. that was my pick. So one of you two has to go with uh your pick. You have to um, be ready. Okay, I think I'm gonna go with uh Miles Morales. Okay. Um issue yeah. 40. And that was because so for one, I have been um quite behind on this series yeah and so i did a like a fun like 10 issue read of them last night and i really love like the direction that it's going Mm -hmm. um and we have like some darker elements in here that we don't really get to see from miles morales all the time um and we have uncle aaron um which is always fun we have some clone stuff going on um which is fun and i love like his relationship with like this new uh what is his brother's name Selim? Uh, yes oh, oh no 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 not oh, him the uh, bad Glurp. one is Elon. yeah but uh, Glurp, the one who i says Glurp, shift. Uh, i love shift so much yeah yeah shift is like a big old chunk and so i love like this multi because it's like spider-verse but with miles morales i guess um yeah yeah, well, it's Miles Morales, his like version of the Clone Saga. It's his, it's like yes. Miles's Clone Saga that led into Miles Miles Verse, 
Miles first. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, like, it's fun to see uh, uh, Peter Porker, um, Spider-Ham. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see, because I mean, we have that reveal of him finding Peter Parker. Um, and oh, yeah. A couple uh, issues ago, right? Yeah. Well, it was yeah. a couple, I don't know. Like I said, it was I like, think, like last or the, no, it was, the, I think it was the one before it. Uh, that's what I hate about binging is that it all just like blends. Messes yeah. into one thing. Yes. It's yes. like TV. It's like TV, like people, people struggling to get into comics. Um, they're, they, they need a way to equate what's going on, right? So like issues are episodes and you wait a month for each episode. So you could binge yep. it or you could like read it. Uh, and then a trade is when you get like a, like a season box set or a season release. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Like that. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So you, it's up to you on how you want to read it or how you want to yeah. watch your TV or how you want to read your comics, you know? Um, and I haven't really been a fan, like, you know, Spidey's my boy, but I haven't really been a fan of like some of the series that has been coming out. Like yeah. I'm not a fan of, and so like, you know, I, I will always buy all the Spider-Man titles, but a lot of times, like sometimes they're not my favorite. Like I'm not the biggest fan of like this Gwenverse stuff. Um, oh, did you Savage read it Spider- though? Yeah. Oh. I'm always going to read them and I'm always oh, no. going to buy them. But they might not be my favorite. Yeah. Um, same with like uh, Savage Spider-Man. Like it's okay. But, and so I think Miles Morales and um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man are like my top two out of like all the yeah. spider. Those are the flagship titles. Right? Those two. Definitely. Miles is definitely becoming the, the flagship. And uh, I, I think I've said this before on here, contra- controversial uh, opinion uh, I think Miles needs to take over for Peter. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool. I'm yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. But people, I think they should pull what they did with Superman in DC and uh, let Peter Parker get married to Mary Jane and have a kid that's in continuity that won't get erased. And then yeah. if Peter Peter will do spider related things, but let's move him on to the next step. Like obviously, it's working at DC. That's all I'm saying. Like. Well- and then especially like I gotta step we, away for one quick yeah. second. I'll be right back. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and especially when we have uh stuff like in Amazing Spider-Man, how like they kind of set it up and like they retcon stuff, and then we have a ton of Ben Riley. Um, so I also think like either like Miles Morales or like Ben Riley kind of start coming over and taking over because there's only so much that you could continue to do with Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Yeah. But like, and they keep trying to take him back to status quo. And I'm like, please no. Also, Ben no. Riley, they keep introducing him as a good guy and then turning him bad. They've done yes. it like three times. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, so let's I'm get hoping, rid of Ben Riley. Like, I, I've actually enjoyed this Ben Riley series, um, this, this most recent one. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to know, like, how it's like where they're going with it. But if they make him a bad guy, I'm gonna be so annoyed. I think he's a bad guy again. He has the whatever on him or something, right? Like he has like know. a symbiote suit or something. But like, yeah. it would be nice to see Peter grow up and then Miles essentially be like Jonathan Kent, right? Mm-hmm. But then Peter can still have his title, you know? It can like comics are soap operas, right? That's what we that's what we forget. Like people think it's just punching and whatever. No, nah, they're soap operas with action. No right they literally are right so like let's see a day in the life of peter parker being an adult and like whatever i just i I think it's weird amazing spider-man the current run has gotten better 
Oh yeah, um, I was not a fan. The of, first issue was horrible. Um, Ze- uh, so Zeb Wells took over uh, Nick Spencer's run, and I couldn't stand. Like I don't know. I, I, is that the I current writer? I'm so writer? sorry. Uh, Zeb Wells is the current writer. Okay. Um, I I don't also don't like JRJR as writer or neither uh, do I. Or artist. Yeah. Neither do I. That's why I dropped it. I was like, I can't. Like the, I just couldn't look at it. <laughs> it's better like, now, though. It's better it, now. Has it gotten better? Uh, yeah. When they focus on Tombstone, Tombstone's more interesting than Peter right now. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I always said, even in the previous run of Amazing Spider-Man, tombs, the whole Tombstone, Robertson's, Beetle, Romeo and Juliet thing was like my favorite <laughs> thing. I know, and it like, it ended so, like we didn't really get, I wanted more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting in kind <laughs> of right now, but you know. Um, but okay, Miles Morales forty. That's a good. Uh, that's a good pick of the week. I, I just read it right before the show. Um, I yeah. Nice. Uh, I liked it. It's a, it's like an alternate dystopian future, and then Selim, which is Miles backwards. Selim's the evil clone. Uh, you know. Oh my gosh, how did I not know that? Just probably just like <laughs> you didn't know that Keeg was geek backwards. It took my my student with dyslexia to tell me. <laughs> yeah it's like that yeah, yeah. funny uh um, so fu- oh my gosh i didn't even realize that um i'm joel- gonna have to go back and reread all of them now and just joel backwards is leoge leoge yeah yeah <laughs> what's ambrosia backwards i don't even know us us or the ma <laughs> yeah there you we'll go, go that. yeah i'm really glad that those aren't our superhero names yeah that's good no one will ever suspect. Well, Ambrosia <laughs> won't suspect. She's like, who's this? Who's this superhero? Ertimid. Ertimid. That and it's like, I don't know. Hey, what's up, Dimitri? Did you see that Ertimid guy? That's um, weird. <laughs> okay, so Miles Brown, Spider-Man, uh, forty. Uh, Joel, what what you got? I read like a lot of great books this week, um, but I'm just gonna go with my gut here and say, do a power bomb. Issue number two by Daniel Warren Johnson. Mm-hmm. He is one of my favorite, like all around writers, artists, creators, and comic books. And interesting enough, so this book is all about, I mean, as you can tell from the title, it's about professional wrestling. Yeah. And I recently just got into professional wrestling like six months ago. Oh. Um, oh. So I didn't grow up with it or anything. But while my wife was here home on maternity leave, we just started watching pro wrestling and we oh both watching it, pro so. wrestling i thought you yeah, were also yeah. you were you were playing like doing it <laughs> you know, like, I, mean, <laughs> I wrestled in high school but um i uh i've never watched like pro wrestling before i used to oh, watch okay. you know olympic wrestling college wrestling stuff like that um but i just recently started watching pro wrestling so like that combined with it being daniel warren johnson who is one of my all-time favorite writers and artists um it's just been a great series we're two issues in and i'm just like every issue has been fantastic so far um he does this really great thing in all of his stories you know he wrote that beta ray bill story from a year or two ago yeah yeah, yeah. and he does is the it the same artist from... yeah yeah same guy he does he doesn't usually work with artists he usually does it all himself oh he's writer and the artist yeah yeah <laughs> oh wow so he'll he'll either he very occasionally he'll be like the the writer and bring on an artist and other times like he did a book with donny cates where he was the artist and donny was the writer mm. um and just that's like a match made in heaven um but yeah so like this book he is the artist and the writer and then he has someone else doing the ink and color Two oh other 
I was looking at the cover and it says Daniel Warren Johnson. I thought that was the writer, artist, and then the like, <laughs> like <laughs> all three of them are. Yeah, <laughs> I thought there were three people. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's oh, all him. Okay, that's all him. Okay. So, and he is he is great. He does this great thing of like pulling you in with this like really like interesting over the top kind of story and then like when you're least expecting it he like sucker punches you in the stomach you know what i mean like yeah. he does this great kind of pull you in and then it's like oh wait this story is incredibly deep and meaningful at the same time so mm. um he's been doing that with i mean we're two issues in i'm pretty sure this is a mini series i don't remember if it's going to be ongoing um but we're two issues in and like i at the end of every issue i'm like on the edge of my seat so yeah i'm excited for the next it's just been a great series I, it makes me wonder that what is at Image Comics, what is the difference between a miniseries and an ongoing? Because I feel like a lot of the Image Comics have an end to it. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a mini would be anything less than twelve, because mm. twelve is a year of of oh, issues. Yeah. Less than a year of issues, I would either if it's between six, like eight, that would be a mini. I think anything north of that, you call it. They, they call it a maxi series now. Yeah. When it's like a twelve issue series. So I would say anything that's less than a year of publishing. It's a mini series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. All right. Um, is it good? Is it a good series to pick up if I don't like pro wrestling or I have no opinion about pro wrestling? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, I'd like, I have very little knowledge of pro wrestling. I'm sure there's like all kinds of like interesting Easter eggs in there that I'm missing. Yeah. Um, but as long as you know that, you know, pro wrestling is fake like you're good to go and yeah. if anyone's watching that didn't know that i'm sorry for being the guy to tell you yeah. <laughs> it's it's fake but it's not that they're not doing it yeah they are doing it yeah. it's very physically demanding yeah and they do kind of reference that in the book and stuff how demanding it is on you physically how much it can break you down and stuff um but it's there's like a, a point in it so basically to give like an overview this girl whose mom died in the ring while she was watching um, a necromancer comes to her and basically invites her to like a Mortal Kombat style pro wrestling event in another world. Um, and so she was like talking to this necromancer guy who's like, I found TV, like I watch everything, but pro wrestling is my favorite. And she was like, okay, like, well, if it's a, if it's a tournament, like who's going to win? Like, what's the script? And he's like, what? And he's like, it's pro wrestling. It's scripted. And he thought she was joking. He's like, oh, you're hilarious. Oh. <laughs> kind of a thing. I thought it was yeah. a great little moment. Um, you know, cause he doesn't realize that it's fake. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's good. Other than, you know, little jokes like that kind of spread throughout it. And then just a really great, like twisting and turning story. Dana Warren Johnson is, is phenomenal. It seems like a passion project for him. I'm sure he, he, he seems like a big wrestling fan, them, right? Yeah, in the back of the first issue, he talked about how important wrestling was to him and specifically to him and his daughter. It was like a big bonding thing for them. Um, and when he was a kid, when he got into wrestling and stuff. So he really writes from the heart, like with most of the stuff that he does. So if you read like Murder Falcon, that's one of his bigger books. That one's really from the heart and it's yeah. like truly a thing that he loved. Or um, he wrote like a one shot kind of thing for Deadpool during that Black, White and Blood. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and his story in there was just so good. And it was like so heartfelt. It was about his first Deadpool comic book. And, you know, when he first met Deadpool and stuff. Yeah. So he's very much writes from the heart. And I think that's what I really appreciate about him is that it's like, it's very genuine when you read his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So, all right. I might. Um, might have I to also that feel up. like there is this connection between pro wrestling and comic books because I there haven't is, yeah. figured it out yet. Because almost like a lot of uh, my guy friends and uh, who read comic books are also like really avid wrestlers like yeah. them themselves are doing wrestling or maybe they are but like watching wrestling and i haven't found the connection but like so, it is kind of a lot i have a, i have so, a theory but i'll okay. let joel go so you know comic books like anthropologically speaking are one of the oldest forms of communication right i mean if you go look at cave paintings cave paintings are essentially just comic books sequential art um right what's that sequential art yeah, sequential art. Yeah. It's a very primitive form of art. Pro wrestling is the same thing. It's a very primitive form of art. Not to say, you know, to downgrade or anything, but if you watch pro wrestling, it's the thing that made me realize that I, I, I'm enjoying it and kind of pulled me in is I realized it's not so much a ring, it's a stage. You're yeah. watching a play. Yeah. But it's a play where people hit, hit each other with chairs. So it's awesome. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's very, that very Shakespearean over the top. Dramata and everything that you get from comic books, you can get the same thing in pro wrestling. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, my theory is that it's soap opera and superpowers, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what both that's of them it. share. Yeah. It's a soap opera yeah. with superpowers, pro wrestling and comic books. Um, and pro wrestling so, is dramatic, like a soap opera. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Who hates who? Who yep. is is allying themselves with who? Sometimes there's a team, right? And in, in wrestling, yeah. sometimes there's teams. You know, there's tag teams and and bigger teams and whatnot. And this is from my limited experience. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a toxic way, people who like both might expect something like very masculine tropes because, like, we're, we're, pro wrestling used to be very like gender role specific and like stereotypical the iron chic and all that right so in a toxic way they might uh from oldies might expect that from their comics as well but like new wrestling is a little bit different now right yeah the the women are probably the best part of it right now Mm. oh rousey uh uh, charlotte flair yeah charlotte flair is like one of my favorite performers she is just a friggin' she is a a bomb amazing performer Mm. really just leads into the role she's great so i think you know now it's become over the last couple years that like the women's division i would say is better than the men's division when it comes to pro wrestling that's interesting and and i love that i i think it's (laughs) i think we gotta like shed away our idea of like like what girls can't do it it's just the it's a weird idea to think like yeah like girls can't act the best actors in the world are men. Like, it's just a weird idea. It's well, wrong, you know? And I'm, you see Amy Adams? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, right. like, we see that so much, especially, like, in the comic book world with, like, and with so many of these powerful women, uh, women coming into these roles in the big screen mm-hmm. and how upset people are over them, like, yeah. still will, like, blow my mind every time. And, like, you know, you should, like, I should be expecting it, but it always is just like, like, what? It's, it's this idea, it's, it's gender roles, and then it's also the idea that, like, women, let's just say if they're attractive, they, sh- they can't be talented. Like, well, that they spent every waking moment of their life just being attractive and not developing any other skills. Well, People think that's the case. I'm not saying even- that's the case. 
no, no. But even like in the comic book world, like um, I have had several comments of like saying that I am just a nerd because it's like the trendy thing to do um, or I read comic <laughs> books because like I'm looking for attention and I'm like attention from like, I mean, other nerds like there's a reason uh, why you're on this show and those haters aren't uh, it's because you're the best at what you do. I appreciate you, Dimitri. I appreciate you too. Uh, I want to I want to segue into She-Hulk number five that you wrote. Cool. Speaking of, yeah, that's a great segue. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm loving this new series. I don't know who the writer artist is. Who are the writers uh, and artists? I don't know. I, I It's see. in front of me, but oh, uh, Rowell. Rainbow? Rainbow Rowell? Yeah. Okay, um, Rainbow Rowell. And then Mareska is the artist. Yeah. The Luca. art has been great. I uh, love the art. Um, these covers like have been I have been obsessed with the colors um and everything that they have brought to She-Hulk because um like the contrast that they have is just beautiful and even like with these characters are just incredibly beautiful and I love the story that we're getting with her and Jack are you are you shipping them do you like them together oh my gosh yes please I uh I um I did an Instagram story being like, let's normalize green queen short Jack relationships. Oh, did you really? Yeah. You didn't see, uh, no, no, it's probably probably off now, but, um, uh, uh, yeah. And it's that cover where they're like sharing ice cream and they're standing. Oh, I didn't see that. No, I love their relationship. So I, I need them to be a ship because I think they're getting to it. I think they're slowly building up Jack of hearts and shield. So we're reading, we're talking about She-Hulk. Joel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I love it. And um, uh, yeah, I, I've enjoyed the series um, quite a bit. I haven't read like a ton, a ton of like She-Hulk um, in the past. And so this has been um, a lot of fun for me. This is a great start for anyone who's going to be watching the Marvel Disney Plus show. Um and then, you know, wants to get into comics is a great start. This is only five issues in, and it hasn't been too bogged down in continuity. All you <laughs> need to know is that, like, Jack of Hearts died once, and now he's back, and she's and he's like, a lawyer. That's it. Carney. Yeah. I also, being a lawyer is a big thing. <laughs> what is that? Everyone should know that. She-Hulk attorney at law. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Except for, like, I hate her boss, and, um, but I also love, like, the little... The little jokes that we get. Maybe it's also because, like, I binged this, but like having Ben Grimm call her about like getting in a fight and like, yeah, um, Pietro calling her about like a speeding ticket. I love it. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, there's like a level of comedy that, and this is the way I like it in my MCU comedy can't be like absurd outside the realm of possibility where you break physics or break continuity. So, like, comedy in real life happens, right? Like, but if suddenly it's, like, a parody where it's, like, oh, there's a moon, but the moon has a butt, and the butt is farting, (laughs) like, you can't write that out of continuity, right? You can't write Batman and Robin, the movie, out of, like, that continuity, you can't do a serious Batman after that in the same continuity, because you've parodied to an extent where you can't change it. Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is funny, but it doesn't break continuity. It's just weirdos exist, right? (laughs) Um, So She-Hulk has comedy where it doesn't break it. Um, She has a a fight club with uh, 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 Titania. I 
I want to say awesome. Titania, but it's not Titania. Titania. I always want to read it to Tanya as well. Yeah, because of Ring Man's wife. Yeah, because of uh, Midsummer uh, Midsummer Night's Dream is Titania, Queen of the Fairies. But this is Titania, like Titanium. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like she has a fight club there. Ben Grimm and her relationship. I'm so glad it's not romantic. It's a best friendship between two like powerhouse bruisers. You know, if you think about it, it's almost like kind of like an opposite of his relation his relationship with. Bruce, which is more of a rivalry at times. Obviously, yeah. they have a good cordial relationship, but that they fight each other, you know, and that's like a classic kind of one-on-one. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize yeah. that until you said that. It's kind of like <laughs> when you're like, hey, you're my best friend, but like, I really just hate your cousin. Like, your yeah. cousin's a dick, dude. <laughs> like, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're awesome. Your cousin sucks, but you're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess, that, yeah. I guess we'll hang out at like events, you know? Yeah. But like, I'll be polite. I'll be polite. <laughs> but there's a reason why you're my best friend and your cousin is not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, did, I didn't think of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is a good series. I don't know if anyone had any thoughts about this before we move on to uh, something else. I want to know what. No, uh, it's been really good. Yeah. Uh, Joel, what else has been really good for you? Grim. Grim, Grim is talking. We were talking about speculators a little bit earlier. From the first issue, I knew that this one was going to blow up with yeah. the speculators just because, like, and it did. The issue number one, the day after it was out, just skyrocketed. And now, is there a show coming three. out? No, no, there's no show, but it is, it's got legs, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, as a series. Yeah. Um, the world building is fantastic. So, essentially, you know, we're three issues in, so we're still kind of building out a lot of the things about our main character, Jessica. So basically, you know, there isn't just one Grim Reaper. There's all of these Reapers who kind of go around, they collect the souls, they bring them back to the waiting room after they cross the river sticks. And there's like a big waiting room where the, the soul has to wait for their number to be called. It's mm-hmm. very bureaucratic and stuff. And Jessica kind of just goes through the motions of her job and everything. Um, but then this one soul that she's bringing steals her scythe and returns to the mortal world, Jessica gets two of her co-workers to go with her um, to go to the mortal world, and then a human ends up seeing her and interacting with her, which should not happen. Human beings should oh. not be able to see the Grim Reapers. Yeah, And that just opens up this whole can of worms, um, mainly kind of focusing around Jessica. Like, she doesn't know. She's the only person who doesn't know how she died, right? She's the only Reaper who has no memories of her life. Um, you know, a human being saw her and recognized her and was able to interact with her, which shouldn't happen. Um, and so now there's like this thing, death is missed, like the actual being of death who mm-hmm. built the underworld is missing. He went on quote unquote vacation and nobody knows what happened to him. Okay. Or he's hiding. So they don't really know where he's at. So they've just been kind of building out all these things. And I know I, I, I'm making it sound like the bureaucraticness of it, like it's almost yeah. a slice of life because it is like this amazing mix of like slice of life with like this really over the top like supernatural world that they're in. Would you call it? it is, a, you know what I mean? Would you call What's it a sight a sight of life? Yes, slice <laughs> of life. Yeah, a sight a sight of life. Sight of life. Yeah, they have three times that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um, um, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it, and um, yeah, they just introduced this other new character who's the end, and he's just this big hulking being who's there to restore balance to the underworld by destroying jessica and all this like intrigue and stuff and now they're like they have the jessica and the other two the other two reapers that are her friends they got to go find death essentially 
Like okay. they need to find him to restore balance to the underworld. So. Uh, I feel like this is primed and ready for a show. Oh yeah. And you know, Boom Studios has that agreement with Netflix. Oh, do they? Um, yeah, they have yeah. a they have a development contract with Netflix. Oh, so um, it's it's bound to be because Netflix is looking for more like content because yeah, yeah. they're losing content, they're hemorrhaging content. Yeah, and uh, you know, their Berserker was created as a comic book with the intention of turning it into like a bunch of different things for Netflix. I think they're going to do a movie, a TV show, and an anime. Netflix always does a that. Berserker. They, al- they always do an anime. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah Berserker was like intended. They, they they created it for that purpose at Boom Studios. Like yeah, to give it I, to Netflix. I knew uh, the net. Uh, I knew that it went in because like the day after it was like announced or like the day that it came out, it was like, oh, it's also yeah. going to be a Netflix series. But I didn't realize that it was also going to like potentially be like anime and go into. Yeah, they're doing like they got a whole bunch of stuff in development for it. So I mean, if you think about it, like Boom Studios is basically feeding directly into Netflix. Image is basically feeding directly into um, Amazon, and then Marvel and DC are obviously Disney and, and Warner Brothers. So. Yeah, HBO Max, right? Yeah, Disney Plus and yeah, HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah, HBO Max. Disney um, Plus. It's 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 interesting because like is Miller World in in Boom Studios or are they Miller World? Uh, it's Mark Miller stuff. All of Mark Miller stuff goes to Netflix. Oh, Mark Millar's. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark Millar's stuff. Um, most of his you, stuff is you say Millar, I said Miller. Eh. Tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah. Tomato. Most of his stuff is image, but I think he must have some kind of development because they did Jupiter's Legacy. I think they're doing something else for him. Didn't they do a Super um, Crooks anime? I'm not sure. I'm I, not a huge Mark Millar person. Okay. So I like yeah. Super Crooks and I like Jupiter's yeah. Legacy. I do, but um they're not the in the same okay. world in the comics, yeah. but in Netflix they are. Ah, okay. So it's weird. I think they're supposed I okay. I do remember hearing something about that after the Jupiter's Legacy that they were supposed to do another series spun out of that one. Yeah. So I don't know if it's out yet or yeah. what the deal is. But, uh, but that has yeah. an anime write-in as well. So like all these nice. development clauses, I think Netflix probably has a deal with an anime studio where they're like, we'll just get you work, but we're going to do yeah. animes off of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like, Grimm it's interesting. Primed and ready for it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got everything you would need for either a really fantastic long-running series or for a great either way like it's definitely worth reading if if you can find the first even if you can't find the first issue it's definitely worth checking out grim um, yeah by stephanie phillips is who's the who's the writer All right. um it's i i'm loving every issue of it so yeah. i'm really big on like i really like good world building and they have really built out a fantastic role in this one so. yeah also great to see uh female writers out there getting the respect that they deserve oh yeah and um, it's, you know yeah, with a, a lead female character who's like very dynamic and interesting. Um, yeah. Because they did kind of like hint at some of the stuff from her back life or from her past or whatever. And I mean, I have my theories and stuff, but um, yeah, very interesting dynamic character. Um, you know, kind of got these like two sidekicks with her that are also fairly. And one of them's like a a, a hair metal guy from the eighties. Is that that David like, Bowie looking guy I saw on the cover? He kind of looks like David Bowie. He's got like yeah. more of like a. Um, uh, yeah, kind of got like this crazy hair metal guy from the 80s. And then this other dude, Marcel, who it seems like he's like a French guy from like the 1800s. I'm not sure. He's definitely not from like this century. Yeah. Um, but he's French and that's kind of like his thing. Um, so they didn't say what time period he's from, but he wears, you know, from his clothes and stuff. He seems like he's from a different era. So, yeah. But yeah, it's it's really good. The world building, the, the storytelling, it's all been fantastic so mm. far. Um, I'd be remiss if I don't bring up AXE Judgment Day. Uh, even though you two didn't read it, right? 
No. I'm reading Eternals, so I haven't I haven't got okay. How far are you on Eternals? I mean, I know Thanos is in charge of the Eternals. Okay. <laughs> he's so the, he's the prime. Yeah. So and I know why they want to kill the mutants. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. cool with spoilers? What happens in this? Yeah, movie? it's fine. I have okay. an idea of what's what how it's gonna play out. So so this is AXE, so Avengers X-Men Eternals. It's a big old triple crossover uh, event. Um, did I like this issue? We'll see where it goes. It's def it definitely has that event feel where in comic books where people die, I don't go, oh, how will they get out of this predicament? Because they can't die. It's more like they die, and I'm like, oh, the interesting part is how are we gonna bring them back? Like that's yeah. my, you know, my the way I look at comics. I'm like, they're going to come back. The interesting part is how. That's what yeah. I feel. Um, but in this, the Avengers barely do anything as normal. The Avengers never help the mutants until it's too late. You yeah. know, I'm I'm so tired of of the <laughs> Avengers not caring about mutants. Because the X-Men, those are those are that's my team. I'm X-Men yeah. ride or die. Um so it's mostly Eternals has they've created a war against the Avengers. Uh no, uh, against yeah. the X-Men. And uh basically the Eternals uh want to kill them because they're like, uh yeah, they're they're deviants. Even they're the last of the deviants, yeah. Even if they 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 haven't said that they're actually deviants, they're just saying that like they count as deviants. So yeah. we have it's yeah. not like it's a retcon, at least not as of yet. And yeah. their their goal is that. Um and there's also a thing where X-Men have the resurrection protocols and that's gone yeah. public. Like everybody knows it now. Oh, that's a, oh that, yeah, it's Captain Krakoa, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because yeah. it was it was supposed to be secret, but they've released yeah. it to the public and, and people are very upset. The Eternals also have a machine that- Planet Earth, yeah. Machine is Earth, right? Something like yeah. this weird thing. But basically- Yeah, they, that was the first two story arcs of the current Eternals run was- their resurrection process and how they can't do it anymore. Did you get as far as knowing what the cost is on resurrection? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So basically- And that's why I kind of can see where this event is going to go. Yeah. I think I have an idea. The eternal resurrection process has to do with, if you want to bring like Icarus back from the dead, you it kills a random human. <laughs> like it'll take the life of a random human. So what? Icarus and a bunch of other Eternals have left eternal society because they don't want to be part of the process of the people that they're trying to protect, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But because of that, Druig now has control of the Eternals, and he's just doing his own thing, which means creating war with the mutants. Yeah. A lot of people die in this issue alone. A lot of people. That being said, we know the mutants have a resurrection protocol. Fine. But I don't know. They keep saying in X-Men that they have a resurrection protocol, but they can only do so much at a time. So yeah. if a million people die, they're not coming back anytime soon. There's a yeah. there's a cue. So this issue, interesting. The art's great. Um, there are some TikTokers that bring up some points um, that I can't I can't explain or talk on. So we'll see that development. They they yeah. some people are upset. Over this yeah. issue? Over something that happens in this issue, yeah. Oh. But, but again, I, I, I'm I not from that community, so I don't, I, I can't talk, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I have a, I have a theory of how it's going to play out, yeah. you know. And it, it's, I think it's pretty, you know, Kieran Gillian is writing Eternals, he's writing Immortal X-Men, and he's writing this event. So I, what the way I see it is the Eternals need a way 
to be resurrected. The X-Men have that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to, our resolution is going to be found in either like the five helping the Eternals <clears throat> or something along, or maybe improving the way that the machine works so that the Eternals don't need to sacrifice human life. You know, it's going to be something that's going to play out like that. And then they're going to like kick Thanos off of the prime eternal seat, which uh, I don't know if even that ha- maybe that happened in the, in the primary Eternals run, but did you, where did I left off. Oh, Thanos is, Thanos is gone. Druig is prime eternal now. Oh, oh. okay. I figured that was going to happen because where yeah. I left off, I'm, I'm pretty far behind on Eternals, but Thanos got voted in yeah. because of Druig's influence and Thanos was like not trusting Druig, but like was still trying to use his, his position to, you know, yeah. do what he wanted within the eternal. Because he's, you know, they're in between. So as far as I know, that's that's what happened. So Druig is prime eternal now. Um, okay. I, I saw that coming too. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how this is going to end, but I trust Kieran Gillen is going to like he knows where it's going to go, right? Yeah. Um, but they've made a state like the the mutants have explicitly said i'm sorry humanity we can't resurrect humans it's just not the way the process works it's not that we choose not to we just we can't um and so the same would apply to eternals but i think i think it could end with a reality warper warping specific eternals to be mutants or festos could team with the five and create something that allows it to work for eternals because eternals aren't really humans either yeah so but fastos um, could do that then for humans i mean but would he that's the real question (laughs) you know right um you know they love humans but i don't know if they want humans living as long as them so (laughs) Uh, yeah human humans suck i get it (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i don't blame them yeah yeah they 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 have no problem protecting humans but um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's just kind of my like bird's eye, you know, I'm not even being caught up on everything yet kind yeah. of idea of where it's going to go, just because that seems like the logical way to me. Yeah. But then again, Kieran Gillen could just totally throw a curveball and it could be something fantastical and amazing. So who yeah. knows? <laughs> uh, I just don't know why the Avengers are in this. But as as of issue one, the Avengers haven't done jack shit. And they never the do. Sell titles. <laughs> they never do. Well, I don't know. Like, why why not just have an x-men versus eternals kind of thing you think, yeah, I think that, that's more interesting yeah yeah we'll see um but it was okay and i i just i i'd be remiss if we didn't we didn't talk about that um yeah. um what else what else did we uh uh read this week mm, let's see um did anyone read defenders beyond i did not um and i don't have an image for it but uh, was it good? The cover looked cool. I loved the cover. I love the artwork in this. It's like definitely like 80s vibes and just like very bright and uh, eye-catching. And yeah. it's uh, it's a fun series. Well, so far, uh, it's like a good amount of like silly and fun, but also like with some seriousness. Um, and I think it's a good... Um, follow up from like the characters that we have learned from like America Chavez mm-hmm. and uh Loki um and ex- especially like expanding that Loki doesn't always have to be a mill um in here and um it kind of goes off of um the death of Doctor Strange if um you guys have read that and so we have like mm-hmm. some 
Doctor Strange in here. We have like some magic. We have tarot cards. Um, and then we just have like a pile of misfits, which I feel like that's what the Defenders have always been. Yeah, um, they're the and- weirdo team, right? Yes, and I love it so much. And they kind of deal with everything, yeah. Because the original Defenders were Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, the Hulk, and Namor. Yeah. And, like, that's such a ragtag team. And then then they had, like, didn't they, was it last year or this year where they had the Defenders uh, again? And I think it was Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Masked Raider, Cloud, and Red Harper? Red Harper? Yeah, Red Harper, yeah. yeah. The the hard-looking one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Betty this Ross, one, yeah. Oh, was uh, it? Red was Harpy it Be- is, is is Betty Ross. Was yeah. Betty Ross one of the defenders? Well, she's Red Harpy. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the cover. What uh of this team, it's Loki, Blue Marvel, America Chavez, Tigra, and is that that's Galactus's mom, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh oh, that is a random assortment of people (laughs) yeah it is but yeah and so it's funny to watch them or to watch them to read them and uh kind of see how like they're all their personalities and how uh it all just kind of plays out it almost um the cover art or uh the art in here almost feels like uh you're on an acid trip nice in some of them which is (laughs) always fun it kind of just like it matches up with these group yeah of people i'm looking at the final page that is an acid trip right (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah um i don't know it's fun i'm I'm excited to uh read more and try to figure out like what this will all lead into for sure so um joel what do you got Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. It's a new start. It's a new it's start. A new start. Right? It is taking what happened in the criminally underrated Shang Chi series that's been going for the last two years. Yeah. Dude, um, yes. I don't know why mo- more people weren't talking about it. It was, it was so good. Easily the best thing Marvel has been putting out, or one of the best things. So, but most of that series was just to obviously retcon the character and give him some depth. Yeah. And now it's kind of like we're going to start. And it's taking a lot of, if you didn't read that series, you can still jump in here and kind of get a, a feel for what's going on. Um, especially if you like are familiar with like the movie. Um, very similar now in his origin to his movie counterpart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. I, I love Shang-Chi. Um, you know, I didn't really know him until recently other than reading his bits in the Avengers and other places where he's shown up. Yeah. Um, but I, I read that series for him. I really enjoyed it. I'm reading this series now for him. And so far it's, so he has like the 10 rings, right? And he tried to go, they- Wait, they is, it Mandarin's t- is it Mandarin's finger rings or is it the 10 no, rings? No, now it's like the, the rings from, from the movie. From That's the, cool. Like the, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and they're, so in this one, um, they were given to him while he was in Tao Lo to defeat his grandfather. Mm. Um, and he was, he's afraid to use them because he can feel like the power of the rings corrupting him. And, you know, he's trying to, he's still trying to turn the five weapons society into like a legitimate organization. Um, so he doesn't want to use the rings. Like that's the big thing. And he doesn't want to allow, cause he says like, I can feel it. Like it's corrupting me. I don't want to go down that path. So basically he tries to return the rings to Tao Lo, but the gate doesn't work. Like he tries mm. to walk through the gate to Tao Lo and it, nothing happens. 
Um, and then he gets attacked by, you know, all the organizations that are trying to take the rings at the same time, the Red Dot, um, Hydra, AIM, um, you know, the Inner Demons, all of them attack him at once. But there's this great scene where they're like trying to get the rings and um, Master Ling, the guy who kind of runs the the dead, House of the Deadly Hand, um, tells like Shang-Chi, like, do it like you have to do it like you have no choice but then it's like shang chi has like this classic line of like you think i locked up the rings to protect them from you like i protected you from the rings like from their power and he like uses them and this everyone runs and it's like obviously weighs heavily on him like the amount of power that he can have from these things um very clearly takes its toll on him which i thought was a really great you know maybe they'll go that way in the movies, which I'd like yeah. to see kind of him having to deal with this immense power that he now has control of being just like a, a regular person um, who's obviously a, a skilled martial artist, but like right. doesn't have any power per se. Right. Uh, to now be thrusted with this, like, here's one of the most powerful weapons in the, in the universe and it's all yours. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of a thing. So it's a very interesting in that aspect even even as a lifelong comic book reader i only really got into the eternals and shang chi because of the movies like even as a like a long time reader like nobody can say i'm a fake fan and i'm a bandwagon guy like no it's just i i wasn't interested that's one of the good things about the movies is they kind of bring those obscure characters to the to the forefront right and there's no shame with like eternals in my opinion just because jack kirby you know created them and they're one of his his best things that he did so right and um no dimitri i'm right there with you because i remember trying to get into the eternals but in my opinion when i first started trying to read them i felt like it was a little boring and yeah. like i wasn't too uh, it was really hard for me to get into it so i stopped yeah. reading it um but it wasn't until the movies that you really are like okay i'm gonna kind of give this a go and then it but also that is a good reminder too of um, just because you read like one series and it wasn't your cup of tea, that also like try to dig into other writers and other series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh is anyone keeping up with Wonder Woman at all? Trial no. of the Amazons. Uh no. Trial of the Amazons. I started to. It was cool, but There's like too many things to keep track of. <laughs> I had to push, I had to push through it, you know? Uh yeah. and Trial of the Amazons was like six interconnecting issues and then I think six. Um, and then it finishes with like Artemis on the run. Uh, spoiler, she killed Hippolyta. So Hippolyta's dead. And then it's like, why is Artemis on the run? But they never answer it in the event. And then Artemis Wanted number one comes out. And I'm like, okay, is Artemis Wanted a series? It's it's it seems like a one-shot. Um, and it just explains why Artemis did it, and it's like, oh, never mind, we're all good now. And so it's, it was super weird. It was a good issue, but it really is the pro, the epilogue for the event. I just wanted to say that it's not worth talking about other than like, it's a good issue, but you want a proper ending to the trial of Amazon's uh, event. Artemis wanted number one, even though it's a one shot. I hate it, by the way, when publishers put a one on it and it's a one shot. Yes, They yes. should put a one and put shot like across it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one and then like right shot. And then that'd yeah. be like a, just a cool way of discerning it. But it is I, it. one of one. <laughs> it yeah. stresses me out so much when it comes to organizing comics and I have those one shots. Um, I don't know if it's you guys are like, it's the number that throws me off so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that was a one that I went into it thinking it was a series and it ends up being a one shot. And then there was the opposite that came out that I thought it was a one shot and it's going to be a little mini series. It's DC versus vampires all out war. Number one. Are you guys reading DC versus vampires? I read like the first issue. It wasn't really for me. You got a vampire person. I'm not a vampire person either, but they do some fresh new things with this that like is worthwhile. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a 12 issue series and it's six issues. Then there's a time jump and then there's six issues and it changes like, yeah, from six to seven is like a whole different thing. Uh, And there's a big reveal in issue six that I do not want to spoil. I fell behind, but I loved it. And I was really stressed about starting it because I thought it was going to be too much of like from deceased um, or that it would be too similar. Because Tinian is writing that, right? Yeah. And I think that's why I read it because I'm a fan of so much that he's currently writing that I was like, okay, let's give this a go. And to my surprise, it's been so good. What did they did a one shot a couple of weeks ago? Uh, there's uh, a hunter's one shot. There was a killer's yeah. one shot. And then there's and a, um, something else. One shot. I, I know this sounds really bad. I'm not a fan of like the one shots, um, going back to like the one shots. Um, I just, just give me the storyline right there. Um, but they'll yes. compile it. They'll compile it all into one deluxe edition. Um, they usually do. The, the, the hunter's one is a good one shot. The killer's one's like whatever. Um, and all out war seems to be like a probably maybe three issues kind of thing to tie in because now they've created this world where it's like, well, let's explore it. So I like it. Um, but it's definitely not like a normal vampires kind of thing. It's not Marvel zombies or deceased. It's like its own thing. And it's a different vibe. It's about essentially it's about a vampire conspiracy. It's not about a vampire invasion or infection. It's def- It's not what you would think. Uh, give it a go because it's yeah. not what you would think of a vampire series. It's not your typical one. Yeah, and I would say the longer you wait, the longer you wait, the more likely it is that you're going to get spoiled on the reveal in issue six. And it's so go ahead huge- and jump in it now. <laughs> I think you. Yeah. If anything, read up to issue six, and whether you want to continue after that point is up to you. But you'll want yeah. to continue after that yeah. point. <laughs> but- I was gonna say, like, even after like issue like two, I was like, okay, this yeah. is really good. But <laughs> but really, don't get spoiled for issue six. I'm begging you. you. Like it's a big. I got thing. you. Um, but all out war is kind of cool. Um, and so uh, it's but it's weird. It's black and white with red. So. Um, it's kind of it takes some getting used to. I was reading through it, I'm like, I want to give up because I can't stand the lack of color, but then the red and whatever. But yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I thought it was gonna be a one shot and it ends up being at least a mini series, so we'll see how that goes. Um, what else did you guys read? So I read this one from IDW Dark Spaces Wildfire by uh, Scott Snyder, Hayden Sherman and Rhonda Patterson. So the reason that I picked this one up, other than that, I, I love Scott Snyder. You know, his mm. Batman was great. Noctera is a really good series. Um, IDW, so I don't know if you all know this, but for like the industry-wise, IDW is losing the majority of their licenses at the end of this year. Um, Marvel is pulling all of their licenses from IDW. They do um, their, their kid license stuff, right? Yeah, and Marvel's pulling that back into themselves and then hasbro is pulling transformers gi joe 
My Little Pony, um, and any other ones that they have with IDW as well. That has to do probably, you think that has to do with their deal with Paramount? Because Paramount Plus is doing Transformers stuff. I'm not sure. And I just know Ninja Turtle that. Stuff. Well, they're, they're, they get to keep Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. keeping Ninja Turtles. But they're losing. I mean, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and My Little Pony are three of their biggest titles. Yeah. Um, and those are getting pulled. And they're going to Robert Kirkman at Skybound. With what? Image. Yeah, they're going to give them to Kirk. That's like the rumor. It hasn't been official yet. But oh. like. Robert Kirkman's going to take over. And like, I'm a huge GI Joe fan. I mean, obviously GI Joe, <laughs> wearing a freaking GI Joe hat right now. Um, as long as they keep on Larry Hama, like we'll be fine. But yeah. Um, but thankfully IDW is like going to continue putting out stuff. I mean, they put out that four issue miniseries for GI Joe. They're doing another one for um, Transformers or, mm-hmm. you know, they're continuing to put stuff out for the rest of the year, but this book, along with some of the other, they have a new IDW originals that they're starting. And it seems like they're going to target more of like a mature audience now, um, which I'm excited for just because like, you know, mostly older people read GI Joe and some of those other yeah. ones. because Kids don't care about GI Joe. Yeah. Rude. So. <laughs> but it's so, true um, though. Like GI Joe's great, is, but it's a different generation. People, unless you grew up with it, it's usually. So I think it's an interesting kind of move for them because like they're calling it, idw adult originals or idw originals is like the new thing that they're going for which i'm like i'm all for um so this first one this one dark spaces wildfire it's based around in california how they use prisoners to fight wildfires during the fire season over there yeah um so this is a group of four women inmates and their correctional officer who is kind of watching over them they're a firefighting team most of them have been together for years um there's a new girl there who's only been there for a couple of months um you know they all kind of have their different stories and backgrounds and stuff but basically the one who just joined the team turns out she was a part of the largest ponzi scheme like in history she you know ended up being like the fall guy quote unquote for the other people in the company uh because she was the financial officer and she knows that where they're fighting the fire at right now like a mile away is the secret stash slash mansion of her former business who um who has all of the um that's where he keeps all of his like art pieces and he keeps like cash stored there and all this other stuff um that he basically has in case the fbi freezes his assets and they agree as a team to go rob this guy's mansion Mm. while it's abandoned because of the fire so fairly interesting they kind of start at the end in the first couple of pages but even with that kind of tropey thing um the art was really good there's a couple of really awesome like splash pages um so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to to reading the rest of this one so i'm i'm, I'm a huge supporter of idw so um excited to see what they do with some of these original titles that they're coming out with especially because like this one very mature like a lot of heavy language in it, obviously. Yeah. Mature subject matter, something that you don't typically see from IDW. Um, I'm excited to kind of see what they do with it. That's cool. Uh, I don't know their strategy with it, but I think that's definitely worth coming back to. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm surprised to, to hear that or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've done yeah. some other stuff too. Like they jumped ship from, um, so I don't know how familiar you all are with like Diamond Comic Distributors and stuff. Yeah. Um, IDW jumped ship from them and now is distributing the same pattern that Marvel does over at Penguin. 
um, which for people that like are like me that are retailers, it's phenomenal because Penguin is the best. Um, so, you know, IDW, they definitely are not allowing it to stop them losing all these major titles and stuff, which I respect that they're, you know what I mean? Adapting to the landscape and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know real quick, uh, as we close up, are there any titles to stay away from or just, uh, we don't have to talk too much into it cause we are running out of time, but like, um, for instance, blood syndicate has been good. I'm not saying blood syndicate is bad. That being said, I'm reading it monthly and I'm losing track of these characters because I haven't read the 90s Blood Syndicate. So okay. I can't plug it in which character is which. So I'm getting them confused. I don't know their names. I don't know their powers. And then I have to kind of like reacclimate myself every single issue. And I'm not saying don't buy Blood Syndicate. I'm saying definitely buy Blood Syndicate. It's really good. But a trade would be my best, like me personally, for my reading ability. I think like I'm gonna read it in trade, you know? Yeah. So I can, are like, easier to read in trade. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, that being said, I want to like say like for people to put their support behind Blood Syndicate 3 or Blood Syndicate in general, I mean, um, because these milestone comics have been really good and I want to show my support. Uh, but for me personally, I'm like, ah, I need to pick up the trade. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there um, anything else? I think I told you guys that Gwenverse has been like kind of my least favorite what's going on. Yeah. It's just like, I loved Ghost Spider and I loved, uh, and I love Ghost Spider. I love uh, Spider Gwen and um, the whole like Ghost Spider stuff that we had coming out. And then they kind of threw this in and it's just, it's just kind of a lot that we don't need. I much rather them give what uh, Spider Gwen her own, series her own like standalone series which like I I don't consider this one because it's just it's it's just a lot it's Gwen Stacy fighting with herself in all these different like Spider Gwen as uh or Gwen Stacy as like Wolverine and Mm. it's just it's not where I would like it to go I have Mm. a quick question if either of you know do team books sell better than solo books depending on the team okay because I keep thinking, like, I want more team books. Like, why not release a Spider-Man family book? Like, a spy, like or, or Spider-Man team-up. Like, they, they used to have, like, Web Warriors or whatever. But if it was, like, a Spider-Team kind of book, you could have Silk, Gwen, Miles, Peter. Like, wouldn't that sell, like, hotcakes? Why aren't they doing that? That makes sense. You think they yeah. would have them team up at some point, but... Right. Just an ongoing yeah. team kind of... And they do already so much for Spider-Man's like the number one seller over at Marvel. I mean, obviously for right. a lot of reasons, but um, you would think they would pump out more if they could, but I don't know. Maybe they should do that. That would be a good idea. I'd read yeah, that. Yeah, Marvel, <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. Zeb Wells. I, uh, <laughs> I have an upcoming TikTok series that I think I'm going to do about what like my run of Titans books would be because I would expand nice. it and then who I would put on each team or whatever. But I'm like Photoshopping characters into oh like, my gosh stop do uh, team it stuff yeah yeah yeah. so nice. uh it would be like if, if dc wants to listen to me i got a whole i get like five team books for for team team books for dc uh based nice. off of that alone um so it's nothing crazy but like i think it'll be fun um any quick ones you guys want to any quick thoughts before we get going you guys want to mm-hmm. uh, there is one more oh, that sorry. i wanted 
to share about real quick. Yeah. Um, and I think both of you would really appreciate it as well, being, you know, fellow content creators and stuff, people who kind of observe this fandom. Rogues Gallery from Image oh. Comics that came out this week. Um, if you read Chip Zdarsky's Public Domain and how big of a commentary that was on the industry of comic books, this is a huge, huge commentary on the fans of comic books. Okay. Um, and some of the negative aspects of it. Basically, there's a super popular character and the, the quote-unquote fans that we're following are blaming the actress who is playing her and is like the showrunner for this TV show for destroying their favorite character by not sticking true. All the things that we hear from the louder, more toxic fans in, yeah. in our comic book fandoms. Um, these characters are like the embodiment of them. Um, so, and obviously there's like some comic booky stuff that happens in it as well, but like, yeah, so it's very much <clears throat> a commentary on fandoms and stuff. And I was, I'm all the way here for it. So it's definitely like a, a comic book for comic book fans. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a fans fans. I love book, so. that. See, that's how I felt like crossover was. And people either loved it or hate it. But yeah. I felt like crossover was like a love letter to comic book fans. Yeah. Yeah. This is more of a get it together comic book fans letter. <laughs> oh, I love that even more. Because yeah. please. This is a more of like, you need to get it together. Like, <laughs> you guys are being assholes. Yeah. Um, so it's, if you want that, like the Rogues Gallery. Cool. Um, definitely a great commentary on, uh, on, on comic book fans. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's from Image Comics. Again, yeah. I love the fact that you guys are bringing like independent comic recommendations to me um because otherwise uh i wouldn't know like where to start you know you should also go check out public domain from week before last that was really that was a, a love letter to jack kirby okay oh and, i uh, love that and uh uh you know what you did to stan lee so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Amber, did you have any final there. thoughts no. <laughs> um, just for one, if you are a Star Wars fan, uh, continue reading all the Star Wars books because I have been loving this uh Crimson Rain series it's and really um, like the tie in, like with Darth Vader and like uh, and the oh, do you say Kira is great? Yeah, Kira is great. Yeah, I freaking love her so much. Yeah, um, and then I really like uh, the relationship between Vader and oh, shoot, why am I gonna forget his uh, forget her name? uh Padme's uh Sabe? yes Sabe because in like in her if you don't know there is like uh like Padme books out and so this one's the third one but you learn so much more about uh Sabe in the first one and so I love to see that carry over into the comics yeah uh Star Wars 25 came out it was an anthology right was it an anthology issue uh, I didn't read 25 oh. um I read I read Vader 20 five but i okay. haven't read star wars 25 yet. star wars 25 was a was it like you know an anniversary issue kind of thing where it was like oh, a, a bunch of anthology stories i didn't get to read it but no, shout yeah. out shout out to mar like marvel's like like stuff on star wars comics like holding it down like yeah for fans yeah. out there that want star wars content as they wait in between their movies and TV shows. The comics are the, so good. The comics yeah, are so good. Like, They're quality. I wasn't a big fan of Dark Horse Comics, Star Wars stuff. Like when I was a kid, I, I didn't really like it. They're coming back. <laughs> but like, are they? Wait, Dark Horse? Yeah, Dark Horse got the license back. No. Wait, no. No, they did. Yeah. They sent out a special um, retailer incentive trade. I have it upstairs. Um, they're doing the Rebels era. 
Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So they, they have a Star Wars Rebels series that's going to be coming out. In, in addition uh, to Marvel having the rights? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a graphic okay. novel series, I think. It's not okay. going to be like single oh, issues. But okay. Yeah. So because like, I really okay. love the the team that they have. I mean, like Charles Soule is doing amazing on this yeah. and Greg Pak and all Charles Darth Soule, Vader. who's also doing 8 billion, G, uh, 8 billion genies, right? Another one that blew Wait, up. Wait, is that Charles? Yes. That is Charles Soule. Soule, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been I've been tweeting at him and and tagging him on Instagram because we've been talking about eight billion genies for a while now. Um, it was sorry, it was so funny. We did an Inst- I did an Instagram story like, what would you wish? And I think it was, who was it? One of our guests on this show was like, I want I would wish for immorality for all my family and friends. And I'm like, you misspelled immortality. The genie is gonna make all your family and friends immoral. <laughs> like I you just messed my up. Dog to, you missed to you live with me forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was Keep the it fun- simple. I loved it. It was the funniest thing. Um, oh, and, yeah. Also, like the Obi Wan series, I forgot. So good too. Of of the comics. The comics. Oh, okay. The yeah, comics. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know there was an alien annual. I didn't get to read that, but I didn't get to read that one either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to shout out Black Adam number two uh, for being a, a good thing. It's Christopher Priest writing a how I don't know a mini series for it, but introducing a new member of the Shazam family, which is uh, Black Adam's descendant, uh, Malik. Adam. Yeah. So you know that's something. Um, yeah, I, I love Black Adam, but. Uh... Until Shazam gets a proper book, I'm protesting. <laughs> it's he'll get a proper book when Shazam two comes out because he deserves one. He does. He does. I love Shazam. Well, yes. you're you're getting Shazam two and Black Adam this year. If you are, a yeah, Shazam I care more fan. about Shazam two than Black I. Adam, I agree too. Personally. I am very excited um, for Shazam two. Billy Billy needs needs representation. Billy needs justice. Okay, he does. Billy deserves he, better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank both of you so much for coming on the show uh, and being a part of this. Um, um, for anyone out there who's watching the live stream, you can see them and see their social media. But if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to say it out loud. Joel, you know, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Any plugs you want to do? Yeah, um, you can find me anywhere. The G.I. Joel, J-O-E-L. Um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I have a new YouTube video dropping tomorrow, starting a new series of film analysis on there. Okay. I'm going to be analyzing The Shining by Stanley Kubrick and Prisoners by Denny Villeneuve, doing a comparative analysis of those two. Uh, Prisoners being Hugh Jackman. That's the Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. um, Yeah. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Denny Villeneuve movie. Okay. That was a good movie. Yeah, and it's I'm basically my video is about how it's the same movie as The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. Interesting. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. Thank you. I know. I'm so intrigued. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Where can where can people find you online? Uh, Yeah, anywhere. The GI Joel YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram are the main places to find. Awesome. 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 Ambrosia, what about you? Um, I am on TikTok at uh, Comics and Cupcakes, as well as Twitter and Instagram at Ambrosia underscore Linda. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anything coming up? Um, Another episode of Comic Con. I don't think. Yes. Yeah, I'll yes. get you. I'll I've get been, you both back on. 
I feel like I've been on like survival mode these past like today or this week I was like or the summer at the beginning of summer I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna read so much I'm gonna build all my Lego sets I'm gonna have like get caught up on everything and I'm just like hi I'm surviving yeah 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 sometimes that's all we can do is survive you can't pour from an empty cup right like we got to take care of ourselves and then move our circle outwards right I understand that's the truth I understand. Uh, I'm I'm excited for San Diego Comic Con this weekend. So uh, for anyone out there uh, who's not following the Keeg, follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Keeg Show, uh, Facebook and Twitter, I guess as well. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere at the Keeg Show or slash the Keeg Show, live streaming, doing content, that sort of thing. We're gonna meet up with a lot of comic uh, creators. Um, Michael Mead from For the Love of Comics. Uh, we're gonna meet up with him. We meet up with Sammy D, uh, Torpedo Comics. Uh, photographer Ben Farron. So we're going to do a lot of stuff at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm really excited for that. Uh, for anyone out there who does not know where to start with comics, uh, hit Joel up, hit Ambrosia up, hit me up. Um, we would love to help you out on where to start. If you ever have any questions, you got you to gotta reach out to these content creators. Um, and if you're trying to find a comic book um, shop near you, go to comicshoplocator.com. You'll find a comic shop near you. Um, comic shops aren't chains, so they're all owned by different people. Find a comic shop near you that vibes with you, right? If there's one that doesn't vibe with you, uh, I apologize. Give them a low star review on Yelp or whatever, and like move on to one that does and give them a five star review. Uh, cause there's a, a lot of awesome comic shops out there. You got to find the one that, you know, really matches with you. Um, but that's comicshoplocator.com. Definitely check them out. And if you want to give back to the key, patreon.com slash the key show you know that that also helps um but other than that um yeah yeah there's a lot coming up for all of us and i would love to have you both back on comic talk uh sometime soon so i'll definitely hit you guys up sounds good yeah uh thank you guys so much for watching thank you guys so much for for being on it uh, once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been another episode of Comic Talk, uh, the week of uh, July 21st, 2022. Take care, everybody. Bye.